When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Bears fans, to this Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? As I mentioned, it's Thursday, which is also known as the CHGO Audible Day, our weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. I'm Will DeWitt. Join with me is Nicholas Moriano, my co-host. And Nick, it's Thursday. It's normal time. It just feels right considering the Bears are going to be at home at noon on Sunday. It, to me personally, it just feels good to be on a normal schedule. Yeah, it really does, Will. And also, like on Sunday, it's supposed to have beautiful weather, which is whenever the Bears have played, it's been rainy. There's been some kind of, you know, something going on. But I think it's supposed to be like high or low 60s and sunny, which is, you know, different for a Bears game. But we'll definitely take it in November. And I'm going to be there. On Sunday, of course, we have a tailgate that I'm going to tell you about in just a moment, but the Bears are 2-0 and at home when I'm there, Nick. Hey, I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually, so we'll keep that going and see if the Bears can you know, pull off an upset against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to discuss the keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X-Factors, our bold predictions, <clears throat> Excuse me. brought to you by Green Ridge Farm, and a whole lot more. Make sure to ask questions throughout the show. We'll answer, uh, answer a bunch at the end like we always do. Joey's in the back end producing. He's going to be starring up a bunch of your Bears questions throughout the show. So ask them anytime you want. And we'll dedicate some time at the end to answer those like we always do. It's our favorite time to kind of wrap up the show. It's a great way to do it. But, Nick, I want to tell people about this awesome tailgate happening on Sunday before the Bears actually do take off, take on the Dolphins. And I just want to know, if you want to hang out with us and other Bears diehards before kickoff this Sunday, November 6th, definitely come on out. We have multiple beer and drink options. We'll make sure you're well-fed, too, with some Green Ridge Farm meats. Join us as we enjoy food, brews, games, and more in our all-inclusive tailgate. You can also secure some parking for the game, too. It's a short 10-minute walk from Soldier Field. The link to get your tickets is in the description below, both the podcast player and here on YouTube. And Nick, that first one was such a really good time. I just know that the second one is going to be more of the same, if not better. Oh, absolutely. We we learned from all the positives from the first one and took some, you know, some feedback. And now we're applying all that to the second tailgate. So really looking forward to it. And like I was just mentioning, the weather's going to be great. So why not come out, hang out? Like Will said, there's going to be plenty of food options, beverage options, and just an overall good time hanging out with a bunch of Bears fans and, you know, some of the people that you see on your, your CHGO sports feed. So definitely, if you have the opportunity, come capitalize on it and, you know, come hang out. James in the chat is already kind of backing up what we're saying. He said he went to the first tailgate. It was dope. Really good turnout. And he's absolutely correct. And we expect another tremendous turnout here this Sunday. And we want you to be a part of it. So, again, the link in the description below can help you. You can buy the tickets there, and that will get your spot to our tailgate. And we'll have some fun on Sunday morning. All right. To get into this week's preview, Nick, I just want to know, what's your one-liner, Bears, Dolphins? Yeah, I just have firepower. Firepower is a one-liner in this uh, for this matchup. What about you, Will? Oh boy, <laughs> that's where I'm at after uh, doing my research here this week. And why are we saying these one-liners? Well, let's get into this preview and find out. And let's begin with our keys to success on both sides of the ball, like we always do. We'll start with the Bears' offense. And Nick, I know you have two of these, like you do every week. So, what is your first key on offense here to start things off? 
Yeah, I think for the Bears, it's going to be huge if they can limit the self-inflicted mistakes. And let, let's go back to last week. The Dolphins were playing the Lions. The Lions were up 27-17 to at half, Will. Dolphins score a touchdown to start the third quarter. That's okay. It's 27-24. Detroit on their first possession of the third quarter. They have a couple plays into their drive. They have a false start, a holding penalty, a false start. Obviously, you have to punt in that series. Miami goes to score another touchdown, and then it gets out of hand. I think the Lions lost that game right there against the Dolphins. And I just leak back to the Bears' very first drive against the Dallas Cowboys. Look, they missed the, the deep shot to EQ. It's a, the ball that's slightly late from Justin Fields. EQ doesn't come back to it. There's also an offensive pass interference penalty on that drive. The Cowboys already had scored on their first offensive possession. And then following that series where the Bears punt, they score another touchdown. you you got to limit these self-inflicted mistakes, whether they're penalties or missed shots down the field, whatever it is. If you do that against this Dolphins team, you're going to be looking at 21-0, to, to 21-7 you know, really quickly. So it is so important that if the Bears, which are you know a team that's not very penalized in the league, according to Brad Bakes, who tweeted out earlier, penalties enforced for the Bears, 41 Miami's got 55, which is tied for 29. So they're the team that commits penalties. But if the Bears do that in this one, they're going to put themselves in a hole that's going to be really hard to get out of. Now, don't give away my X factor just yet, Mr. Moriano. We have a while to go, but I like that you brought it up here at the start because I do think it's going to play a big role in this game. My first key on offense, communication breakdown. Force the Dolphins to communicate post-snap. That's something I saw Last week in their game against the Detroit Lions, and a big reason why they gave up 27 points in the first half and three straight touchdown drives to start the game, the Lions were just able to get the Dolphins lost in their assignments. It felt like they're just trying to communicate mid-play, adjusting the fly. And I'm thinking most of our listeners know, like, that's not a great way to play defense. You need to have your assignments done pre-snap. There are a lot of big windows to throw to. Guys are out of position. So the Bears just need to find ways to make this defense, that secondary, uncomfortable pre-snap motion, some rub routes, creative plays that we've seen over the last couple of weeks to take advantage of their aggression, take advantage of their tendencies. Those are all things that I'm hoping the Bears offense can do in this game. And if you're looking at a player to exploit in the secondary, I just see Xavier Howard, out of all corners in the NFL that has played at least 170 coverage snaps, he has allowed the highest passer rating in the entire NFL at 148.1. He's also allowed 17 yards per catch, a completion percentage of 69. You're going to say it, Nick? Nice. There you go. And five touchdowns. And this is if he plays. I know he's been dealing with some personal issues. You can Google it if you really want to get into those. I'm not going to talk about him on this show. He was a healthy scratch last week. I know he had like a minor injury, but that wasn't the reason why he didn't play. Uh, But you can just go ahead and dive into that uh, if you want. But I expect him to play. And if he does, the Bears have themselves an Achilles heel that they can attack on this back end of the Dolphins defense. Nick, what's your second key? Yeah, and you know, kind of going to players or position you can exploit. I like attacking the linebackers for the Miami Dolphins if you're the Bears offense. Detroit had success with their play action game in, in that loss to the Miami Dolphins in Detroit, moving the linebackers, hitting the open spots in the zones off play action. And the Bears are still going to run the ball, Will. Like it's not because you're in this matchup with the Miami Dolphins, you're just gonna straight pass it. All the time, they and you know the Bears or the Lions, they had success against the Dolphins doing that. And the Dolphins have faced the eighth fewest rushing attempts this season and are giving up a 4.4 average, which is 13th in the league. So the Dolphins haven't faced a team that likes to run the football. Well, they haven't played the Chicago Bears, and they're going to do that on <laughs> Sunday. And they love to run the football. It doesn't matter if they're down. It doesn't matter the team, the opponent, what defense they play. The Bears are going to run the run the football and Jerome Baker the linebacker I believe is number 52 for for the Dolphins um there he just couldn't hang with DeAndre Swift especially on just in the passing game scored a, a touchdown a wide open touchdown in the red zone and you're seeing a guy like David Montgomery I, I see him running a very similar angle route getting open and then also you know these linebackers you need to test them with the design runs with Justin Fields have them right. You know, pick and choose. Like, are you going to run with Fields or are you going to give the read option to Khalil Herbert like he scored against the Dallas Cowboys? And it was an easy walking touchdown for him. So test these linebackers. You're still going to run the football anyway. And that could be a way for the Bears to sustain longer drives and keep 
you know, the Miami Dolphins offense off the field, but it starts with attacking those linebackers. That's actually a point that I did want to make sure we hit on in this episode was the best defense the Bears can play may just be offense and running the football, keeping that time of possession in their favor. Make the Dolphins play your game. Don't try to get into what we're expecting to be, as we put in the headline of today's episode, uh, a shootout type of game. Although it would be fun to watch Justin in that kind of environment. If If they want to win the game, running the football, winning time of possession, long sustained drives to limit the amount of times that the Dolphins touch the ball, I think would be really big in this one. My second key, though, on offense is called dancing days. Maybe some people are catching my references here. Maybe. But big plays, they can be found when the Dolphins send extra rushers. There's a consistent theme when I was watching the Lions, especially in the first half, where they tried to get after Jared Goff with an extra blitzer, and that just let somebody wide open for the Lions. And the laps in coverage, the inability to cover when sending extra guys really hurt Miami last week. And this is how they let up the most explosive plays on defense. Now, I tease this on Twitter. I have some awesome stats about Justin Fields I want to share right here. Because since the mini-buy, we've all mentioned he's played better. I've, I gave him like the general stats, but I found some more deeper analytics uh, that I think, Nick, you're going to really enjoy. So since the mini-buy, under pressure, Justin has played tremendous. He has the second-highest completion percentage, despite being the fourth-highest-pressured quarterback over the last two weeks. He's seeing pressure in about 53% of his dropbacks still, but still. He has the second highest completion percentage, fourth highest yards per attempt while under pressure, the most first downs gained while under pressure, and that's 11. Mariota's next with eight. And and I think this is the icing on the cake. He has the highest passer rating of any quarterback when under pressure at 116.1 over the last two weeks. That excites wow. me. Wow. That is exciting um, because, you know, Bear, you know, whoever the Bears play, that opponent's going to want to try to get pressure on fields. But seeing all those advanced stats that you went and looked up, Will, that's very encouraging because we all know he's been playing well. But now that just solidifies how well Justin Fields has been doing these past two weeks. Exactly. So to actually get to dancing days, just keep moving around the pocket, right? Don't just be a a statue back there, which is anything other than that. I just want to be clear, but this is not the week to turn into one. But just keep moving the pocket, evading pressure like he has when it does enter the pocket. I thought he's been doing so much better in that regard, too. And if he can evade defenders, make these kind of plays that we've seen over the last two weeks, the Bears will be able to move the ball on this defense. Just another key to get it done. And then, Nick, my final key on offense this week is bring it on home. And this is all about red zone efficiency. And we'll get to the Bears and the defense soon. But let's just be real. The Dolphins, like, they're going to put up points. Like, we already talked about it. Uh, Unless the Bears defense ends up playing out of their mind, which I don't think is going to happen. So the Bears are going to need to score touchdowns inside the 20 and not settle for field goals. Miami does give up the fifth highest touchdown percent in the red zone on defense at 69.2%. If you're going to say it again, do it now, Nick. Uh, On the road, though, so when the Dolphins are the away team, they allow 75% of those red zone drives to end up in touchdowns. And this has not been a strength of the Bears offense, you know, executing in the red zone. We've known that. Uh, but they do need to take advantage of the Dolphins here. Use your red zone threats to then kill Harry, Cole Komet. Don't be afraid to run it, too, when you're inside the 20, as we talked about, too. I did see the Dolphins, one that are in there, they get a little bit more preventy, uh, so they a little soft in their coverage. They kind of like to play back, so you can run the ball between the tackles uh, as well as the outside. Allowing runs is a thing for them inside the 20. So just keep the playbook open. Don't get predictable. Don't be afraid to design runs for Justin. As you mentioned, Nick, get some misdirection and play with some calculated aggression down the 20. And if they can do that and bring it on home and score points, that's going to be their best shot to be in this football game. I agree with that, Will. And I think that last part you just mentioned, you know, still be aggressive. I think this is a game where if you're looking to possibly settle for a field goal or you're maybe in a fourth and short situation, Like, this is the game where you need to take those chances to just keep the points going. Because as we both kind of hinted at, this is probably going to be a high-scoring affair, right? Like, where both defenses are not very good. So if there's opportunities for Matt Eberflus to show that aggressive mentality to go for it on fourth down, they did that once against the Cowboys. This is probably definitely the game to do do so. I know we haven't even mentioned Bradley Chubb yet. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other part of this equation because the one thing I did notice on film a lot was like the Dolphins just 
really struggle to generate pressure with their front four mm-hmm. consistently. Hey, <laughs> it's a problem that I, we know all too well this season, uh, but they found a guy to get it done. Chubb has just been destroying le- uh, yeah, left tackles for the majority of the season over there in Denver. And now in Miami, you know, it doesn't like, like it doesn't take long to get acclimated into a defense when you're a defensive end, especially his number one move that I keep seeing is just speed along the outside. And he just has that quick get off. So pretty much his assignment is going to be, you know, go get after Justin and Braxton Jones has a test. He does. He's been having, you know, some pretty tough tests, you know, these mm-hmm. past couple of weeks, Judon, you have Parsons and now, Hey, Bradley Chubb coming up to, to play this Sunday. So it's, it hasn't been easy for that offensive line and the quality of pass rushers they've been facing. All right, let's get into our defensive keys to success, and I'll kick this one off for us. And it's my first key is called uh, stomp the brakes. They just have to have an answer for Miami speed, and I don't know if there is an answer, Nick. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they could run by corners, and if the safeties aren't there to help, like immediately there to help, their acceleration and top-end speed is enough to run by them too. And not only are they just wicked fast, but they have great route running in their nuances where – they're 15, 20 yards down the field, and then they find an extra gear on top of it to even create more separation once the football is in the air. And it just makes it so hard to defend because they do sell those vertical routes because they run them a ton, and you have to defend them. You absolutely must. But then they'll just stop and sit in the soft spot of the defense, and you just have to defend it. Uh, and here's I'm just going to lay down a bunch of numbers, and it's just not going to sound good, and it's going to prove why the Bears are in trouble this week. So Tyreek Hill has been targeted the most in the NFL on 20 yards or more down the field attempts with 19. He's caught 11 for nearly 400 yards, two touchdowns. Over half of those <clears throat> were contested catches, uh, which tells me that the Bears will have their chances, but Hill is very good at these earn it kind of plays. Jalen Waddle, he isn't the bomb guy as much, but they usually hit him when his number is called down the field. Five catches on six deep targets this year. But Waddle earns his keep in the intermediate range. That's the 10 to 19 yards down the field range. Still past the sticks. NFL leader in targets and catches in this area of the field is Waddle. He's catching 70%, 20 catches, for nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns. And guess who's second in the league? Tyreek Hill. 19 catches, 313 yards. The Bears are going to be tested beyond the sticks. And with no pass rush, I expect plenty of plays downfield. I haven't even talked about Mike Kosicki yet. Didn't even bring mm-hmm. him up, but he has a top three tight end in the intermediate range and the leading tight end with, what do you know, passes 20 yards or more down the field. Like, the Bears will be tested deep, and I don't know how they're going to defend him. There's no Roquan Brisker. Sure, you can have him on the tight end, but then you're asking Eddie Jackson to play center field with two speed balls on the outside and Hill and Waddle. They are just dangerous every way you look at it nick yeah well that's uh i knew it was bad and then you put a lot of the numbers behind it and then you just realize the bears <laughs> it's it's a tough task for any defense but it's specifically the bears and what they have to do so it's going to be tough and what last week the two waddle and hill had 294 total yards receiving between them two that's insane um i'll get to my first key and it kind of builds off what you were just saying it's just limiting the big plays, the explosive plays that are game-changing plays that you see so often from the Miami Dolphins, but they were happening all day against Detroit. And what's, you mentioned those contested catches. There were some passes that were underthrown by Tua, mm-hmm. and you see Tyreek Hill being able to adjust. You see Jalen Waddle being able to catch a ball that's slightly behind him, and I think he's also trusting his receivers to go out and make a play. So... When you have that dynamic with the speed and the DBs have to respect it, you literally you cannot play up on a guy like Tyreek Hill. I think Akuda, the the cornerback for the Detroit Lions, was saying you can't replicate that in practice. You just have to adjust in the game. That's going to be exactly what Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor are going to have to do on Sunday. So, and and you just have to find ways to limit those. 30 plus plays 40 like the ones deep down the field that are just bone crushing and Mm -hmm. the Dolphins were able to get some of those on third and long too there were some third down situations where you're like okay Detroit may get off the field no you're not Mm -hmm. getting off the field you got those two dynamic receivers so an obvious one for me for my key but you have to try at all possibility of trying to limit the explosive plays I know people in the chat are saying you can't play man-to-man probably right you have to play those two deep safeties and hope that, you know, their Eddie Jackson's range, Jaquan Brisker's range can try to limit some of these big plays, but they're going to get some. It's just how the Bears respond also when they do happen. 
And that's the issue that I talked about in my first key, Nick, where even if you play this zone and you have the two deep safeties, you have three deep threats in Gasicki, yep. Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. And I, as I mentioned, too, with the route running, like they'll get to that that half of the field that this safety is going to be responsible for. And then they're going to go from third gear to fourth or find that fourth to fifth gear. And then it's just really, really difficult to defend. Or they'll just sit in the soft spot and you're still going to gain 15 yards because yep. you don't want to give up the 40-yard play, but they'll eat you alive. You know, 15 yards here, 14 yards there, all game long. My second key, and it's all just kind of building on one another, but it makes a lot of sense, is separation anxiety. You just can't get <laughs> give away too much separation on these receivers. And uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and act like the Bears are going to find a pass rush. They have not proven that's going to be a thing. We know it. And if they can with you know their front four, awesome. Uh, but that would be a key. I just can't sit here and say, yes, they need to get pass rush because it hasn't happened. We have to find ways to succeed without it right now. That is what I'm trying to figure out here for the Bears. So in order to do that, the coverage is going to be a word, Nick, that we've used in our podcast all the way going back to John Fox days. Sticky. Tua, he's not afraid, as you said, to throw into those tight windows, give the defense some chances, and they just need to find ways to make plays on the balls. And their ability to push the ball, as we've been talking about now for the last few minutes, and you just hit on it, but I wanted to say it one more time because it just still rings true. It just makes it very hard for a defense to get off the field because you think you have them dead to rights in an and long situation, you know, third and 14, 15, 20, no problem. You really can't give them any room, and they're a dangerous offense from really any sort of situation here. So the best way is to play, you know, obviously solid coverage, but in particular, don't give these receivers much separation, but their skill set just kind of leads to it happening naturally. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. I see um, the Bears have their press conferences right now, and Alan Williams is speaking. I wonder what he's going to say for <laughs> what you could do to contain, you know, his Dolphins uh, offense here. But don't tune into that. You can always tune into that later. Watch us right now because I'm getting into my second key, which is just getting creative up front. You were talking about it well. The Bears cannot generate a pass rush right now. And, uh, you know, what's happening is the guys like Travis Gibson, Dominique Robinson, they, they can't win their one-on-ones. It's just not happening at this point right now, especially the last two games. So, you need to incorporate some some twists, some stunts, and I know with Tua, he gets the ball out quickly. So maybe that mitigates the time where you're, you're taking to set other guys up to potentially get a sack or get a pressure, but you need to try something. Uh, D- Detroit, when they had limit limit very limited success on defense, they brought an extra DB. Tua didn't know what, what to do exactly, took a sack. So yep. you have to be... You have to be strategic when you're going to do some of these things because anytime you bring an extra defenders and with those two speed speedsters on the outside or wherever they may be in the offense, you, you need to be strategic when you take those type of chances if you're bringing extra defenders. But the way this pass rush for the Bears is playing, you need to do something different because they're it. not winning their one-on-ones. And if you don't, um, you're just going to get torched all day. And even as good as the secondary has been for the Bears – this is this is the game where you need pass rush and coverage to be you know in perfect sync because if one of those is off you're going to see big plays those explosive plays happen yeah uh, i don't even have words because it's just true and you hit it all for me real quick let's throw up isaac super chat on the screen he wants to know but he mentions like you know he and his wife use xbox for all their streaming wondering if we can make an app for xbox download don't know if we can get there technology wise however i know youtube has an app on xbox you can stream us there and hey maybe one day we'll we'll venture into the twitch world and see what happens you know we've nick and i have dabbled in that and we've had what negative viewers before yeah well actually it's funny bring up twitch i so i moved my ps5 right on my desk here i think i'm gonna try the whole streaming like a video, I'm, I'm going to test it out. I wonder if there's even a market or anybody would be interested in that. But if we could talk bears, we could do stuff. But I do want to test that out and see if we can get out of the negative, you know, for, <laughs> for viewers. How did that even happen? I, I don't even know. <laughs> they did not like us. The algorithm really hated us. Uh, he did mention he doesn't have a laptop computer. And he was hoping mm-hmm. that the app can help with articles. And I, I can see that being a need, too. I don't know if Xbox has, like, a web player anymore i know like playstation used to back in the day they took it off with the five 
weird uh but that oh, yeah. may be a route but i think our website's pretty mobile responsive though so on your phone mm-hmm. should still be a very good experience for you there i want to get into my final key here on defense and hey put your track shoes on nick get ready for a lot of fast paced action we've talked about all of this work that the dolphins can do over the top but they can also give you some damage and also make some plays underneath. And, uh, you know, Roquan, he's gone. That's going to be a challenge. I know he didn't show up against Dallas, sure, but he's still someone that can rack up the tackles, as we've seen, someone that's that rangy linebacker to kind of help contain these outside plays, and the Bears have already struggled to contain them this season. I've seen the Dolphins get a lot of success with their outside runs, screens, Mm -hmm. et cetera. The Bears, as we've mentioned, poor in this area of the field defending it they're going to be running sideline to sideline they're going to have to defend those deep areas of the field too uh, again if you sell out deep they're going to beat you underneath force you to tackle and if you come up hard to defend the flats they're going to go and find the soft spot between you and the safety so i just feel like nick that in this one the defense needs to have their track shoes on because they're going to be asked to defend every single inch of the field vertical horizontal diagonal you name it it's time for hustle it's time for intensity and no loafs i think that's they're gonna have to play with that sort of effort here in this one no they definitely are will like the hits philosophy is going to be in full effect on sunday and it's probably because they're going to be running from behind trying to catch up to (laughs) some of these receivers going downfield so we're gonna mark loafs were you running as fast as you could well coach it doesn't matter it's Tyree Kill, it's Jalen Waddle so <laughs> it's going to be in full effect on Sunday for sure well uh my last key on defense is steel possessions uh I think this is going to be huge for the Bears defense because we know that this Miami Dolphin offense is going to put up points but can you take a possession away from the Dolphins with like like Eddie Jackson did right before the end of the half against the Cowboys and the Bears are able to get a field goal and then follow that up in the third quarter with the touchdown, right? So they're able to take that possession away. The, the Detroit Lions actually did that. I think it was on the Miami Dolphins' first possession of the game. There was a fumble as the Dolphins are you know easily moving downfield. There was a fumble that happened. Can the Bears do that at some point in the game to just because you just know the Dolphins are going to move the ball however mm-hmm. they want to do it. Can you take one away? And you, we all know that's a big thing for, for Matt Eberflus in a defense. But in a game like this, you got to find a way to just steal a possession from them and see if you can capitalize on it. And as we said, Tua will give you chances. Mm-hmm. The receivers are really good at the contested catches with the defense. And I feel like we've seen it. They've been advantageous. The secondary has, and they can make some plays on the football. And like you said, if they can steal a possession or two, and that goes back to offense. If they can steal possession and also run the football and maintain time of possession, it's a really good formula for the Bears to attempt to follow here this week. But it is football, and as soon as the game begins, we can throw all of this out the window. You, you really just never know. Nick, I want to know. we got to get into our Bears bold predictions of the week brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. How bold are you going? Extra bold. Where are you at? Uh, maybe this is extra bold, but given how Justin Fields is playing, maybe not. But I'm going to, for my bold prediction, have Justin Fields getting a three-touchdown passing game. First of his career, he had three touchdowns last week, two passing touchdowns and the rushing touchdown. But this will be his first career three-touchdown passing game. And here are the players he's going to throw touchdowns to. So we have him in fantasy. Just put them in there if you don't trade for them right now because they're getting touchdowns. They're getting Darnell Mooney in the end zone, Equinemius St. Brown, and David Montgomery gets into the end zone off a passing touchdown from Justin Fields. But that's my bold prediction. What about you, Will? Weird. We're nearly identical here. I have, so one step further, four total touchdowns for Justin. One of those Ooh. come on the ground, so we're also going one extra step and he'll have two completions of 40-plus because we know there's going to need some big plays in this game. So we're both going bold with the Justin and riding this QB1 hype. Yeah, I didn't want to do a bold prediction about the defense. Maybe they give oh. up, uh, what, 500 yards? <laughs> for, you know, total yard. who knows? But, yeah, I like it. I like it. We're riding the Justin Fields, um, you know, trending in the right direction train, and we'll see how it goes on Sunday. I see a few questions in the chat, and again, at the end of the episode, you know the drill. We will answer those. Joey's in the back. He is starring those up here for us. But if you have any bold predictions, definitely throw them in the chat here because I love to see those come in each 
and every single week. And while you're typing those out, I want to let you know about our ticketing partner, GameTime, because GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you never thought you could? 50-yard line? courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on the Chicago Bears. Heck, on the Bears taking on the Dolphins this week uh, than you will on GameTime. They're created by the fans for the fans, something that I really resonate with here, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, you're going to love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets, through the link in the description. So join over the 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Get some tickets for the Bears-Dolphins game, scoop up some tailgate tickets, and let's have ourselves a time here on Sunday as the Bears take on the Miami Dolphins. We've had an experience with the Bears-Dolphins game before, Nick. We have, yeah. It was a great experience back in 2018 where... You know, the Bears were a good team, trending, but not that game. The game, that game, the, the Bears were playing the Dolphins and the Sun, and the Sun whooped the Bears' ass that day and drained them <laughs> of all their energy. But yeah, it was a good time, though. Remember, like, the little tarp they were, like, holding up on the sidelines to, like, shade off the players? Yeah. It yeah. also smelled, too, Will. Like, I don't know about you, but it was, it was just, all the sweat. Everyone, everyone was extra sweaty. You could just smell it. So it was, it was an interesting time for sure. <laughs> but we got to go with like 30 listeners of the podcast. Those are really, yes. that, that, that so was cool. the best part of the entire trip without question. But let's get back to the task at hand, back to this Bears game. And it's time for our weekly X factors. But Nick, you're giving me the tap tap, which means hold the Give me a tap tap because, you know, we, we had our bowl predicts from Green Ridge Farms. And I need to just tell you a little bit about Ooh, yes, it, you guys. Please. Yes, I, yes. I have to. Have, everyone's here for the meat sticks. I, I know the preview's here, but they, they're here for the meat sticks. Okay, everybody, Green Ridge Farms is a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. And Green Ridge Farms are the makers of all-natural deli meat sausages. And like I was just telling you about, they're famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. Also have 16 grams of protein per stick. Perfect for a post-workout snack. And you can find your Green Ridge Farm products at Costco, Sam's Club, local Chicagoland grocery store. So definitely go check those out. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks are free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Thank you for catching that. And again, our tailgate, we're going to be grilling up some Green Ridge Farm meats too throughout the entire event. So we're going to have some really damn good food to serve you as the right before the Bears take on the Dolphins. So I think the X factor is Nick already saving the day on that one, but I'm going to go right back to you, man. What is your official X factor of the game? The X factor is the playmakers that the Bears have actually making plays well. I just think there wasn't enough of that in the loss of Dallas. There were opportunities where Justin Fields placed a perfectly – thrown ball in a receiver's mm-hmm. hands. Valus Jones Jr. Or Equinemius <laughs> St. Brown in the you know top right corner of the end zone off of a offside penalty by the, the Cowboys. Yes, the defender on that play, you know, he was in really good position, but that's an opportunity for EQ to use his size to go up and make a catch. Iberflus pointed out those two plays specifically in his Monday press conference following the loss. So we need to see playmakers the Bears, and you know, now there's a there's a number of guys on this receiving core right now where you got to see them capitalize and make plays when Justin Fields gives you an opportunity. If that can happen, this could get interesting. This could get mm-hmm. interesting on Sunday, Will, but we need to see everybody else step their game up as Justin Fields is continuous, or these last two games, stepping his game up. So if we can have the, the guys, the other 10, match Justin Fields' ascension, Okay, maybe this offense, like, it's it's been fun to watch as of late. It has. But now that can make it even more interesting on Sunday. So X-Factor, playmakers making plays. Love it. Mine, we've already, you already kind of stole the show earlier and took some thunder away, but that's, that's okay, Nick. I, I, I forgive you. It was a really good tweet. It was actually interesting because I gave you my list, and X-Factor, I had penalties being it, and I gave you that before Big's, even came out with his tweet by the way by by over an hour 
But Miami, as Nick already mentioned, highly penalized. Fifth most penalized team in the league. They've had last week, I don't know if you were watching that game, they had multiple neutral zone infractions. Like they didn't know how to line up on sides, no. which really confused me. I, that's, I haven't seen that one before. I want to call them a disciplined team. They're aggressive, but that can get them into trouble get them behind the sticks, and if they do shoot themselves in the foot on offense, you have to make them pay for it. This also have allowed them on defense to give their opponent some extended drives. And again, if you get that extra life on offense, you got to turn it into points. The biggest penalty issue for the Bears this season is false starts. They have 11. That's the third most in the NFL. But other than that, they're pretty clean. They're one of the top 10 most disciplined teams in the NFL. But just say you cut half of those false starts out, they're top three. So that's just like one huge area that the Bears can clean up that makes themselves one of the least penalized teams uh, without question. So the Bears, you know, they can't control the matchups that we already talked about in this defense. They can't expect a pass rush or much of a run defense to get a lot better right now, but they can control being flagged. They can control playing a clean game, allow the Dolphins to be the team that hurts themselves and just take advantage of those mistakes. Love it. Real quickly, Nick, I want to know. So obviously we haven't even mentioned Chase Claypool, which I think is an egregious oversight by us. No, obviously he's still getting acclimated uh, as we saw in San Francisco with McCaffrey, you know, the first week he may be out there a little bit, but Second week, though, I'm not going to compare the two players, but that was a, a really good performance by him. But just trying to tell you, it may take some time here. But is it an X factor that Chase Claypool did just play the Dolphins like two weeks ago? Like he literally just played him. You know what he also said after that game, Will? Um, the loss to the Dolphins, he said he wanted to see more deep ball or go balls after mm-hmm. that game when he was with the Steelers. So, um, is it next factor? I mean, look, I guess he could, you know, share what the preparation was like playing, you know, that Miami Dolphins defense. And you mentioned Xavier Howard um, not having his best season, even though, you know, um, if you look historically, he's been pretty good. But yeah, I think that does help. You need to take any um, type type of um, suggestions from a guy, even though he's a new one. But I wonder, will. Even though Chase Claypool just got to Chicago literally yesterday at 7.25 in the morning, and he did participate in the walkthrough practice that was happening, is he is he suiting up on Sunday? Is there a, chan- I, is there a chance I that so. he's suiting up? Yeah, I think so. And if he is, he's obviously not going to know much of the offense, but what he can do is run vertically. And if he could do that, maybe we can see some even – a defense respect the speed, the size down the field, because he does have a history of making explosive plays happen. But I think that you have to touch into every single avenue you have on your team. And Chase Claypool just played the Dolphins. See what he learned from that matchup. Well, I was watching that game too, and I can see why he's frustrated. Hey, I still don't understand why they had Claypool become a slot receiver. It's just not his strength. He can play both. He can play outside mm-hmm. and in, but he should not be a primary slot receiver. But there are just a lot of times, like he said, the routes were shorter. Like he wasn't asked to go deep down the field, but Pickett was just like not hitting him when he was open consistently, like third down throw, he'll throw it to the sidelines, like short of the sticks. And then Claypool's just in the middle of the field, like hands up, like what the hell, man? Like I'm right here. Give me the ball. So I think there could be a chance that he plays. And if he does that, you know, he may just, just like we talked about with Bradley Chubb too, Nick, like, Hey, go out there and get after Justin Field. Like, mm-hmm. get after the quarterback with Claypool. It's like, hey, run straight, and Justin's going <laughs> to throw you a jump ball. Just go get it. Like, he has the acrobats on the sideline. We've seen it throughout his time in Pittsburgh. So, you don't need anything ultra complicated. Just go beat your man and let Justin make a throw. I think there is a chance you see him out there for, you know, a, a shot or two in this game. So, that's a, that's a fun extra X factor, I think, that no one really knows about yet. Like, you don't know yeah. what to expect. We don't. We don't. And I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, just the, the whole process of him kind of learning this offense, developing some chemistry with Justin Fields, and seeing what he can do with the final nine games of this Bears season. All right, Nick. Let's find out who has the edge here this week, and you are up to bat first. Bears passing attack versus the Dolphins pass defense. Where are you going? Okay, so the Dolphins have given up the fourth most passing yards so far. Eighth Whoa, most you're using numbers? That's my thing. I'm using, I know. I, I did. Wow. Some, I had some little extra time, so I'm like, let me put some numbers in this. They've given up the eighth most points, so 
Obviously, they're giving up yards, giving up points. They only have seven total turnovers, four interceptions, three fumbles, bottom five in the league, 15 total sacks. That's also bottom half of the league, only two more than the Bears. And we know the Bears have a non-existent pass rush. They did just get Bradley Chubb. So all of these numbers that I put in, it's Bears. The Bears passing attack should be able to have success against this Miami Dolphins defense. They really don't have anybody that, in terms of looking at matchups, where you got to watch out. Maybe Bradley, that Bradley Chubb would now be that guy. But in terms of what they gave up to the Lions, what they've given up this season, and what the Bears have been doing the past two games against really good defenses, I like this Bears passing attack to put up some numbers, some points, and Justin to have his game and continue his streak of good games against this Miami Dolphins defense. All right. I like some positivity here for the Bears passing attack. I think it's well-deserved. I think you're right. The matchups are favorable, and it's okay they have some confidence in Justin and what the Bears are building here on offense through the air. So I'm glad we're getting to this point now this season. I'll jump in with mine. I have the Bears rushing attack versus the Dolphins run defense. And I'll just be honest. We're going Bears here. I saw a Dolphins fan earlier in the chat saying, good luck running the ball. We're the number one run defense. I don't know what stat you're looking at, but you're not the number one run defense. You're a good run defense, but you're not a number one run defense in the NFL. And the Bears... The rushing attack, Nick, it's just built different. They have a three-headed monster, Justin Fields, Demo, Herbert, just plus you have the receivers doing some of these jets and such. There's just a lot going on that kind of makes it where the Bears are the number one team in the NFL on the ground. They run it more than any other team. They average over 5.3 yards per carry, second to only Baltimore, 188 yards on the ground per game, which is nearly 20 more than any other team. And like I said, Dolphins, top 10-run defense with the allowed the seventh most rushing touchdowns. I told you they get a little soft in the red zone. So the Bears should be able to do enough on the ground, as we know, and it should be able to punch it in on the ground once they get down near the goal line. I think if you get into the red zone, you can run it in on this defense. For all those reasons, I'm going to go ahead and give the Bears running attack the edge here this week. And Nick, I'll hand it over to you. Dolphins rushing attack, Bears run defense. We were here this time last week saying, hey, the Bears, they've been putting it together on run defense, but it's still hard to trust it. And thank God we didn't buy in yet. Yeah, because then you saw Tony Pollard go completely off on this Bears defense with a Roquan Smith. And right now, Will, the Bears are ranked 28th in DVOA against the run. Like I said, there's no more Roquan Smith. The Dolphins are are bottom 10 in rushing attempts with 179 and average about 3.9 yards per carry, but Mostert's still a good running back, and because of last week, and not even knowing who's exactly starting for the linebackers in this one for the Bears, maybe it's a rotation there with Roquan gone, I, I can't give this to the Bears, even though the Dolphins are not the best rushing team. But you have to still respect the run. And like I said, I like what Moser can do when he gets to the edge. I think they'll be able to get seal the edge in this one. Dominic Robinson did not have his best game against the Cowboys. He was getting sealed all day. So I, I like the Dolphins in this one, Will. They they have, a, again, they have enough weapons on offense to be a good running team. They just also have two of the best wide receivers right now in football and what they're doing in the passing game. So I'm giving it to the, to the Dolphins. I wish I took a screenshot right at the Roquan trade, but I pulled up the Bears depth chart uh, on their website. Okay. And we've had this conversation before that it seems like it's broken down D-E, D-T, D-T, D-E. So it's like left to right, right? Like it's outside in, like it's a real thing here. So if you go to the linebackers, Nicholas Morrow uh, is the first listed linebacker. And if the depth chart is, again, like how you see on the field, if he's not in the middle of the three, he's not playing Mike. So I think... How I'm reading this depth chart is Moro's at the will, Sanborn's at the mic. And that's what I think the Bears should have done. That's what we talked about Monday night, because I don't think Sanborn is a will-type linebacker. Weatherford's now the backup will backer, which I thought that was the better fit because he is more rangy. But this makes a lot more sense to me for Sanborn to be the mic, be the guy in the middle, because he doesn't have that sideline-to-sideline range. But he is someone that playing in the middle of the field, as we saw in the preseason can be effective and be around the football time. Yeah, well, actually, so Alan Williams commented on the linebackers where they're going to be um, lining up and said that they're sorting through it and adding that it looks like Nicholas Morrow could be the starting Will, like you just mentioned, Will. And Jack Sanborn is also under consideration. 
I think how you kind of laid it out is probably what we're going to see come Sunday in terms of where each linebacker is now going to be lining up. I don't want Joe Thomas at the mic. I, I don't. I think he's fine at the Sam, but I don't think he needs to be the mic. Uh, and then A.J. Klein will be the backup backer. Obviously, you don't want someone who just came off the streets learning your playbook being your starting middle linebacker. Sam Warren's mm-hmm. been around the building since the offseason program. He's way ahead in terms of like knowledge, but Klein is a 10-year vet. He can probably pick this up pretty quickly. But I'm glad this is where we're going because if they're going to keep Morrow at the mic, then I would have rather see Sterling Weatherford play over Sanborn just because he's a better fit at the will. But if they're going to move Morrow over to will, then I'm happy to see Sanborn be starting at middle backer. So that makes me feel a lot better. I'm actually taking like a little like collective sigh here of relief because I was so concerned when I kept seeing like, we're going to see Sanborn out there for Roquan. I'm like, I hope he doesn't play that spot because it's going to put him in a position to really not succeed. But this feels right. And I'm glad the Bears are making the the right call here. Yeah, well, so like, you know, Will, regardless of where they play, it's it's going to be tough for, for that linebacking crew. But, you know, putting guys at least in the positions that is most likely for them to mm-hmm. succeed is a good first step. That's all, you, that, that's all we need. One step at a time. Maybe we'll get there this season. We'll see. All right. I have one more edge to get to here. Dolphins passing attack. <laughs> Bears <laughs> pass defense. We're going Dolphins. And I gave you all the stats about the wide receivers earlier, so I'm not going to get into them again. But I'm going to give you some Tua stats now. Okay. <laughs> because I did save some of these for later on. So Tua, 5-1 and one this season as a starter. He is one of two quarterbacks this year with 350 or more passing yards and three touchdown passes in a game this year. Mahomes is the other quarterback on that list. He's coming off a career-best passer rating. He does lead the NFL with 112 passer rating. On the road, Tua averages 320 passing yards per game. He has nine touchdowns to three interceptions. Hills, and now we have some other stats to give you too. Hills, 961 receiving yards in the first eight weeks, third most in Dolphins history. And again, he didn't have Tua for a small stretch there. He is Mm -hmm. the second player, that being Hill, in NFL history to go for 150 or more yards in four of the team's first eight games in a season. Second player ever to do that in NFL history. Jalen Waddell has three games of 85 yards or more through the year. And then, of course, Kasiki, two touchdown. Uh, he has a touchdown in two of his last three games. They're just dangerous, Nick. They're just dangerous. They have the edge. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I'm glad. You know, we went very stat heavy, but I think in a game like this, where stats are being put up consistently throughout a exactly. game, that's that's the right approach. But yeah, um, they they put up points. They move the ball very well, and they have plenty of players that are capable of doing it. Yeah, they really do. So that was our X factor, and that was who has the edge. The real X factor for us, and that would give us the edge, is if you're watching and you haven't yet, is to click that like button. That really does help us spread the word to fellow Bears fans like you, like us, and we really would appreciate it. Again, that would be the X factor that gives us mm-hmm. the edge. And while you're hitting that button, I want to share a message from one of our newer partners, Shady Rays, that you know I'm just very excited about because I've been – a consumer of Shady Rays for years now, and they just never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. And they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades. They have world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. And they have the best replacement program in all of eyewear. Lost and broken replacements. You lose your shades or break them on day one. They'll send you a new pair. I told you I lost mine like a year later and they sent it to me. They don't, no questions asked. They don't care what happened. They just want you to be able to wear your sunglasses that you bought. And they understand that accidents happen. Dropped in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they will replace your sunglasses. And Shady Rays, another good reason to support them is because they do a lot of good in the world. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed. And they have donated over 20 million meals to date. So, you know, protect your eyes, do some good in the world, and definitely check out Shady Rays. And we have a good deal to help you out with this, too, because Shady Rays, they're running their deepest deal of the season. Use our code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at Shady Rays. Dot com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com. Again, that code is CHGO, and you can get that on all of their newest and best shades. Love it, Will. I have to tell everybody about DraftKings. So just, just listen to my voice real quick, everybody. Cairo Santos is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks, and you watch the ball 
as it lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Want to cash in on that free that free $200 of free bets? Bet on the Eagles tonight against the Texans. I think, guys, if you haven't made your DraftKings you know, or signed up yet, this would be the, the, the week to do so. Tonight, the Eagles are undefeated playing the Houston Texans. They don't even have Brandon Cooks out there. Get $200 in free bets by putting that money line bet on the Philadelphia Eagles. And remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code CHGO to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code CHGO. Really good call there about tonight's game and earning some people some free money to bet with there, Nick. Really keen observation that I'm glad I gave you that read here today to help some people out. And we're going to kind of keep this DraftKings party rolling because it's time to do some weekly over-under. So I have the app pulled up. We are looking at some lines currently for this Bears-Dolphins game. First and foremost, Nick, Justin Fields, will he pass over or under 170.5? Over over the last like five weeks, we're gonna continue that trend until well forever. Over. <laughs> I, I we will have to hit a point of like plateauing eventually at some point. But I understand what you mean. Nope, he's just gonna be nope. that guy that throws for a thousand yards in a game or something. Never stops. Um, you know, never say never. All right, bet. <laughs> uh, what about Tua? I think his as my thumb went to the wrong direction. His line's 266.5. We just we just going over on that, too, at this rate? Yeah, we're going over 266. Sorry. Sorry, Bears fans. All right, how about Tua at the his interceptions line's at 0.5? Would you take the over on that, too, this week? Or? They're going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be throwing the ball, mm-hmm. Will, and they have, uh, you know, the lead, 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 uh, what is it? Eddie Jackson leads the league, right, in interceptions of four? I think he's tied. If I'm not, or he's tied? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll say over that as well. All right. When total rushing and passing yards combined for Justin, the Lions at 223.5, meaning that they expect him to rush around 53 yards. I am taking the over on that as well. I think it's a <laughs> Justin Fields game on Sunday. Oh, there you go. The actual official rushing line, I, I guess, is 48.5. So even easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over. What about Mostert at 63.5? Uh, Mostert. I know that. Uh... Yeah, that's an interesting one. We haven't mm. talked about him too much with all the firepower they have at like in their passing game, but he's still been a very effective runner. Yeah, and he's good at running that outside zone. Knows how to cut back. He knows where the cutback lanes are. I'll I'll go under on that. I, I'll go under on on his total. All right, Darnell Mooney at forty two point five. Let's go over a Darnell Mooney. He's got more weapons now, or another guy in the wide receiver room. Let's go over. All right, and then both of the receivers from Miami. You have Waddle at 67.5, Hills at 86.5. We just saying over, over. Is that one of those games? It had, I mean, I don't see how it isn't unless Jalen Johnson. Do we have two Jalen Johnsons? We have a Jalen Johnson and Jalen Jones, but mm-hmm. even that's not enough. I, you know, these two are very dynamic, and I'm going to say over. All right, let's see if I got one more fun one here. Actually, I want to see something. Nah, I was going to say, I was trying to find like a punting one for the Dolphins, but the total punts actually, the line's seven and a half, which is, I feel like I may go under in that one this week. I would go under in that. I wonder what total points would have been on that. Like, I would I would take the over two or whatever Oh, this week, you want to know the total points on the game line? We got yeah. What did, what did we uh, got? 45.5, which I'm still saying over. Oh, I'm saying over too. Yep. Man, what a, what a weird week. Usually it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we'll taper something and we'll have some unders, but this is a week for the overs. Oh, absolutely. On every, like, everything that you look at almost, like, yep, over, over, over. If I really hope it plays out that way too, Will. Like, I don't want to go into Sunday, we're in the press box, and we're seeing something completely different than what has been the trend for both these teams just last week. So hopefully that's what this game is. All right, let's get into our MVB, who wins the game, confidence meter, and then we'll get to some questions. Who's going to be the MVB when it's all said and done? You taking an obvious? 
I could have taken Justin Fields again today, but I'm taking Eddie Jackson as my most valuable bear. Now a season-long captain for the Chicago Bears. Look at with, that hatch. I know. Look at that. It looks good on him. And in the orange jersey, which I know is a little controversial for Bears fans, but I have Eddie Jackson. I think in this game when you have two dynamic like I was just mentioning earlier, receivers, and they're going to try to take the top off your defense. You need a safety that does have that range. And Eddie Jackson has shown that. And he's in this game, I would like him to take some risks. I know that's so dangerous with these types of guys, but I also said you got to steal a possession. Right. And if there's somebody that I trust to, to make that judgment, it is Eddie Jackson. Just because how he's been playing, what he's capable of doing in terms of taking the football away from an opposing offense – if, if the Bears are going to try to contain this Miami Dolphins offense, it's going to be because of his play and what he's capable of doing. So MVB is Eddie Jackson. There you go. I, I gave Eddie my MVB last week. I also gave him, uh, when we talked about who's going to replace Quinn's captain, I, I was voting for Eddie Jackson, so I was really hot uh, on the Eddie Jackson train last week. Glad you jumped on. I put in my notes. Justin and Eddie Jackson are the easy ones. So I want to do an outside-the-box, an outside-the-box MVP candidate, and I'm going with Khalil Herbert because I can mm. just see him kind of rolling against this defense. They do have some tackling problems, and we know Khalil Herbert is like currently like the best back fighting through yards and getting yards after contact and getting yards per attempt. And I'll go all the way back to a point that we made towards the top of the episode that the Bears' best defense may be a good run game for this offense, whether it's time of possession – keeping the Dolphins off the field, or as I mentioned earlier too about the red zone offense and some of the numbers there that the Dolphins just allow a lot of touchdowns on the ground and they're a little soft inside the 20. So I can see Herbert getting multiple touchdowns. I can see him racking up some yards, helping the Bears maintain that time of possession, play a little bit more of a slow-burning type of game. So that's why I'm going to go out of the box. I would love to say it's Justin. I believe it definitely could be Justin. It likely will be Justin. Same thing as A. Jackson on defense. Uh, but I wanted to provide a little bit of a different perspective and just kind of think, like I said again, outside the box. And you said something, too, about Eddie Jackson taking chances. Uh, and, you know, that's a little scary, a little dangerous. At the same time, Nick, pretty much the entire game, like the Bears are already just playing with fire as it is. So why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Just do it. Well, just go be aggressive. Go for a fourth down. Take chances. This is uh, you know, a good team to do it against because, again, they have so much firepower. All right, so who wins the game, Nick? I know we have our predictions to get to, and I'm assuming yours is like a very low-scoring low kind of game, right? Oh, absolutely. How we've been talking, well, this is a, what, 10-3 <laughs> to 3 ball game? Yeah. No, it, it's not, Will. It's the complete opposite of that. This is like, what did I say right at the very beginning? My one-word answer was firepower. Could have said shootout, I know, is another one. I have the Bears losing this game 41-33. to 33. High scoring affair. There's Ooh. just light it up at Soldier Field. It's going to be nice and warm there, on, on you know, for a November day. Well, there's going to be a bunch of heat coming off these quarterbacks' hands as they're throwing touchdowns all day long. But the Bears losing the shootout, and but the, the silver lining again, which has been the silver lining the past two games, Justin, Justin Fields is continuing to show that growth, able to exploit. This would be a bad defense as opposed to the last two he's played, but 41. 33 Dolphins. Am I going to – I hope it – really, again, like I said earlier, I hope this is how it plays out, a shootout. But we'll see what happens. Again, having these kind of games this year, if the offense can – what's the right word? I don't want to say hang in there. Make it competitive in a shootout type of game. I think it only helps the Bears as they continue to build this team around Justin Fields because this defense is going to come back. Like I don't have a lot of doubts that this defense can be built back up. You lost two All-Pros here in Quinn – and Roquan Smith, but over time, they're not going to neglect this defense. Matt Eberflus is not going to neglect building up this defense. So if you can get Justin comfortable in these kinds of games now and give it that confidence at an all-time level, then when you just have like a good defense that doesn't allow as many points as we saw last week, then you can start putting a whooping on some other opponents, and that could really make the Bears dangerous in the future. But the future isn't here yet, Nick, and I have the Bears losing two. Dolphins 31, Bears 28. Not as high, high scoring as you, but still a very high scoring affair here with 59 total points scored. I just, again, we expect the Bears defense to have themselves against the wall all game long. The Dolphins should have their way against them. No pass rush. That secondary is going to be put in a bind all game long. Too much, quote, firepower to defend. 
But the Bears, as we've mentioned, they can score points on offense. The Dolphins do allow some big plays. We talked about uh, those red zone inefficiencies. But one other nugget, too, is they do allow the fifth most yards per attempt through the air. And Justin loves to push the ball downfield. So let's see if you know the Bears are up to catching them, as you've talked about earlier, too. So that's where we're at. A lot of points given, a lot of points hopefully secured. Yeah, hopefully. Well, and, you know, I've been seeing some comments, too, about, like, Soldier Field and, like, the turf. And, like, it it's can fine. that play effect? I know. It is It is fine. And I know Tua made some some comments earlier in the week about, like, it's not the best surface. And, you know, uh, I think that's still accurate. But does that – I don't know how much of a factor that plays into it. I mean, it is November in, in Chicago. But, like, that turf was able to somehow – withstand a monsoon week one and since then the bears have been on the road for most of october so it's not like they've been playing a lot of games there as of late but yeah we'll, we'll see i don't know if that plays that big of a factor in like the overall scoring that's going to be happening i don't know if he's like just saying historically it's not like good which I totally agree with but i thought in the last home game that bermuda looked good and again i wasn't there yeah. in person for the last home game it was a night game on thursday couldn't make that but it did look pretty darn good we'll see what it looks like on sunday here too uh, but I, I'm glad you at least brought it up. So we both had the Bears losing. My confidence meter this week, 4.5. With it being like so many points and the Bears want to hang around in there, cool. Like maybe they can find their way on top of things here. If it's one of those games where it's like the last team who has the ball wins, that may be a thing here. But at the end of the day, uh, I still believe that the Dolphins will come away with the win. And historically, Nick, the Dolphins just, beat the bears it's always been like a weird kind of thing like every time in my life where i feel like the bears should beat the dolphins whether it be back in 2018 uh they're the one team that beat us back in you know 85 to ruin the perfect season we had going and of course they're the only that uh, was we're the only team with the undefeated uh regular season way back in the day in the 70s I, there's just always something here uh, with the dolphins and i don't know what it is but it's like a thorn in the bears side uh so i'm at a 4.5 4.5. I'm at a, a 3.7 in terms of the Bears actually winning this game. I, like I said, I think they'll score points, and that's great. But I just look at you know the lack of playmakers uh, on the Bears' defense and what the Dolphins can do offensively. I don't think the Bears win this game. Obviously, I don't think they win this game. But I do think they put up some points and make this entertaining, which they have been the last two weeks. I saw from Dan Payton, 2018, it was like 100 degrees on the field. It was. We were there, and it was hot as balls that day. You're <laughs> absolutely correct. But that's no excuse for Cody Parkey missing some field goals in overtime and you know losing uh, that, that bears that game there. Uh, that was that was a rough one. All right, let's get to some questions because I see 11 already started. If you have a few more, throw them in. Uh, we'll try to get through these pretty quickly here, and let's throw up Hendricks on the screen, and he wants to know, uh, can the Bears' offensive line blocking hold up? That is the question for the rest of the season. Do they know who to properly block? I feel like they will get better with time. And I know Larry Borm didn't practice again this week, right? Still dealing with the concussion. Am I correct there? Because Riley Reef looked better. And this is what gets me into a paradox moving forward. So you put Larry Borm back there and try to develop him or if reef is playing at a higher level do you just keep him out there to give justin fields the best protection and it's that's a kind of like now versus later kind of debate and i don't know where i stand on it currently but that's just kind of where my mind's at but i do think they'll be fine and you mentioned earlier i forget which show it was we've done so many this week with all the breaking news uh, about some of these defenses coming up that aren't as dangerous as the ones that we've seen mm -hmm. No, that's and that's a good point. Like the defenses for a, a small stretch will, you know, be favorable for the Bears in these matchups. Also, Cody Whitehair was designated to return yesterday, so I don't know if he's going to be in the equation to to start at left guard on Sunday. But that's also something to consider here. But yes, also Tevin Jenkins, um, he didn't practice on Wednesday, or he was limited in practice on Wednesday. So it was actually Eddie Jackson and Kyler Gordon. So we have to see what, what the injury update is for, for Thursday. And we'll know later today. But, yeah, we'll have to see how this line actually shapes up. But after the New York Jets game, you'll also be getting Lucas Patrick. And you're hoping by that point you can at least see the starting five you wanted to, you thought you were going to see in the beginning of the season with Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, and Larry Borum slash Riley Reef. 
There you go. Uh, Doggy Ello? Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. You want to know where I got this cool hat? Bear Shop, baby. Check it out over at thebearshop.com. It was like two years ago, though, so I don't know if it's still available. But I do like this hat a lot. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Freebird wants to know, Nick, does Sandworm get a pick? I, I think I think they mean this week. Oh, wow. An intercept. Um, you know, actually, I entertained that idea. Like, oh, remember he got that interception. Uh, forgot what preseason game it was, but he had that interception. I don't think so. You get a, get a pick this game, but he's going to be out there. He's going to have a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, but not, not for me. Uh, I see uh, from David, is Chase playing this week? We're both on yes, right? Yeah, I think there's, again, limited, limited sample size for him, but I think he suits up in place. Uh, Brandon H wants to know, do we think receiver is now a strength instead of a glaring weakness? I mean, it's better. I don't know if I'm at the point of strength yet, but they do have players that I'm excited to see what they turn into. They have they have a guys. They have a lot of guys to test out. And I forget Byron Pringle's still somewhat in the equation for all this, but he kind of gets left out. But they do have some playmakers, and you have to see what each one can do. They each have a bit of different strengths, but I wouldn't like you like you will name it the strength as of yet. Uh, AGM wants to know if we think Claypool has number one wide receiver potential. I'm saying yes. Uh, you, real quickly, yes or no? I know we got to get going for Joey. Uh. Yes, he has potential for number one. Awesome. And then let's see, how much do you think Claypool will be used this week? We said minimal, uh, maybe a couple mm-hmm. deep shots. Thank you for your question, Max. Uh, expectations for special teams from Ron Burgundary. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I mean, Cairo's been hot, and so if the Bears do need to kick field goals, you know you're going to get some points. Other than that, nothing really stood out to me in the third phase that you know one way or the other between these teams. And Mubs, for you, Nick, last question. How many sacks for the Bears this week and over under 0.5? Sad we have such a low line. Over, they've at least had one sack in the past two games. So I'll go over and they get one sack on Tua, but not enough. And that's that's part of the problem with the Bears defense. Thanks for everybody for your question. Sorry we didn't have as much time as we normally do. Tight schedule here at CHGO today. We all got to do what we have to do, right? But I appreciate you asking those questions. Love them each and every time. Hope you enjoyed today's preview from Nick and I. I thought we brought a lot of great information your way. If you appreciate what we do, give this video a thumbs up before you leave. Thanks to everybody in the live chat. It's been great watching that roll in. And, of course, we will talk to you on Sunday for this post-game show from Soldier Field as Nick and I will be there to watch the game up in the box. But until then, bear down, Chicago.